Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from edgy elves to eager edder caps. And today we're talking about Empyreans and Ogre Mercenaries. Nice. Hey, Brian. Hey, Will. What, how's your day, man? It's going good, man. Yeah. Hey, I like your shirt, dog. Yeah, I hope the green isn't getting messed up in that green screen, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's what the grump. It probably is. They can yeah. probably see like rando books behind yeah, it. but it looks great in the real life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And if you want to see it, how it looks in the real life, go to our Teespring um, <laughs> Teespring.com slash DungeonCast. I think no, it's Teespring. It it's actually Teespring.com. Backslash stores, backslash the hyphen dungeon cast. It's the best I could get. But guess what? <laughs> the link's in the description. Let's talk about Empyreans. I like that. I like <laughs> and Empyreans. Ogre so, yes, please. So today's episode, we're covering two almost completely unrelated topics. Uh, Empyreans and Ogre Mercenaries. Now, as dissimilar as these two topics are, they have two common threads, making them perfect episode companions for today's dungeon cast. I got the first one. Oh, yeah, go for it. Big guys. Yep. Number one, they are both big guys. And it is, as we have claimed many times on this show, the, the year, year of the, of the big guy. Of the giant. Of the giant. I want to be clear. It's the year of the giant, but it's the year. <laughs> yeah, sure. Number so, two, though, big guy, is neither of the topics has enough meat on their bones to carry their own episode. That's the other thing. That <laughs> well, yeah, you've, you've seen Dungeon Cast episodes before, hopefully. Where we where double we, stuff up. Yeah, yeah we double, so, double stuff Oreo, but it's in, just the size of one Oreo. Yeah, so Empyreans have practically no source book outside of the 5e Monster Manual, and Ogre Mercenaries would have just been included in the original Ogres and Trolls episode if Morgankind and Stoma Foes had been released at that time, but it had not. So we have a lot of stat blocks to go over today, uh, a bit of lore for everyone, and some creative ideas for implementing these monsters into your D&D campaign setting. Cool. So let's begin with Empyreans. I would like that. All right. These beings are also known as Celestial Titans. And indeed, on their 5e Monster Manual stat block, they're tagged as Celestials, parentheses, Titans. Okay. Now, this is something I kind of find particularly interesting because traditionally, Titans in D&D are essentially bigger, more powerful giants, even higher in the ordering than their smaller kin. 
Interesting. Yeah, there are titans for every kind of giant, including Frost Titan, Fire Titan, Storm Titan, etc. Titans are strikingly similar to their giant counterparts, but much bigger with heights between 25 to 50 feet tall. These classic D&D titans usually dwell in the various outer planes, rarely making their homes in the material plane. Okay. Now, Empyreans have absolutely nothing to do with these kinds of titans, (laughs) uh, despite having the tag titan. And in fact, 5e seems to be pretending as if these kind of titans don't exist at all, or at least I haven't seen any source books referring to them or statting them out, which is why we haven't spoken about them up until now in this Year of the Giant. So 5e, no titans so far. So far, you know, I mean, they existed before. I'm sure they still exist, but they haven't been talked about. I mean, yeah, you can just, like, go pluck some old lore off the tree. A lot of 5e lore keeps saying that storm giants are at the absolute pinnacle height of the ordning but if there are titans that isn't true so i'm not sure anyways moving on okay so empyreans seem to be a new addition to DD, having been introduced in the 5e monster manual for the first time and they're essentially the celestial children of deities nice. um, the monster manual specifies that they are specifically offspring of deities of the upper plane so it's specifically good deities okay so just good deities making big children (laughs) exactly so though i do not see why evil deities uh, would produce different offspring especially considering the fact that evil imperions which uh we will elaborate on later do in fact exist okay so they're depicted as universally beautiful statuesque and self-assured beings perfect divine humanoids of immense power elegance and shapeliness now this is an interesting concept to me i don't know why but up until now i just assumed that children of gods would also be gods Okay. Um, but the more I think about that, that doesn't entirely make sense. So, though many children of gods are also gods in their own right, deitydom is tied more to worship and the number of worshippers one has than anything else. Yeah. So, an Empyrean definitely has a huge head start toward godhood than nearly any other type of being in the cosmos. Immense power, immortality, great networking amongst all their parents' friends, <laughs> a sizable inheritance of worshippers who probably worship their parents first. But... Want- hey, you're Pelor's kid. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And they probably want to see their God's child, you know, career potentially blossom. Right. <laughs> hey, you're Pelor's kid. Nice. But they are not born gods and do not technically have divinity in them with from their birth. So does that make them like demigods? Kind of. Oh, well, I guess demigods, it just makes them Empyreans. It makes them Empyreans, yeah. yeah. And, but Because a demigod in D&D does have divinity. They're just very, very low-level god. Right. Okay. So, now from the limited amount written about Empyreans, uh, portrays their psychology in a very interesting light. Empyreans seem to be a bit more capricious, mercurial, and even immature than um, their parents. Sorry, I'm stuck on my... Yeah, you do you. I got a wire. An Empyrean can experience <clears throat> deity-like fits of both serenity and rage. Their emotions are extremely potent and prone to change. So potent are their emotions the fact that they can affect the environment around them simply by its mood. Oh. When an Empyrean is unhappy, the clouds might cry tears of salt water. The wildflowers in surrounding meadows might wilt. Dead fish might wash ashore in lakes or rivers. And or nearby forests might lose leaves from its trees. Come along, child. Ma- no, Mommy, wait, it's raining. It's like, what? <laughs> mommy, mm, I, I <laughs> Salt. The Empyreans are crying. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> um, when an Empyrean is jubilant, sunlight fl- follows it everywhere. Small animal, animals frolic in its footsteps, and birds fill the sky with their pleasing songs. Okay, cool. So, so this makes sense because you have lots of like high-level beings affecting their environment their environment sure, around them so absolutely this is kind of more sent localized to them to right? them yeah, yeah this it's is not true. like a, a mile within the empyrean the, the fucking volcanoes erupt and the birds <laughs> sing songs right, right okay so i think this may be a way of portraying the fact that as children of gods they are young okay. even empyreans that are thousands of years old are infants in comparison to the span of eternity 
Okay. So with their immortality comes slowness of change and thus perhaps a certain slowness of learning and experience that develops emotional maturity. Okay. That's what I get from it. That's kind of my my read on it. It's reminded me of oak trees. Um, what? <laughs> trees are old. Trees are old. <laughs> that is a fact. <laughs> <laughs> As one would expect, a being whose emotions are so difficult to control can also be manipulated or coerced to the dark side, maybe a bit more easier than others might be. Okay. A uh, few Empyreans have turned to evil for after venturing to the lower planes and becoming corrupted, or as a result of being cursed by evil gods. An evil Empyrean can't survive long on the upper planes and usually retreats to the material plane where it can rule over a kingdom of mortals as an indomitable tyrant. Hmm. So that'd, wow. be, that'd be nice... Uh, Campaign ender. These things are fucking powerful. Okay, like sweet. Ancient dragon powerful. So, oh wow. Yeah. So definitely well, yeah. campaign ender. God babies. God babies. Yeah. So I'm picturing Atlas, but since they're giants, they're just instead of holding like a planet, they're just holding a, a fucking boulder. Yeah. You know, that's right. the rock they're gonna throw. They sure. Just hold it like that. Like, I'm so buff. <laughs> I'm so buff. So Empyreans have a semi-unique form of immortality. They don't age but can technically be slain. When an Empyrean dies, its spirit returns to its home plane. There, one of the fallen Empyrean's parents resurrects the Empyrean, unless he or she has a good reason not to, like they turned evil or something. Because of this, few Empyreans can imagine their own demise, and thus they fight fearlessly when drawn into battle and plunge recklessly into danger, refusing to believe that the end is upon them, even when standing on death's door, because in truth, it isn't upon them. So they're uh, biologically immortal again? They're biologically immortal. Okay. And on top of that, when they're slain, their parents, who are gods, just resurrect them. Dope. I mean, privilege. There it is. Yeah, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Any questions Uh, so far? Because I only got one last thing to say. My questions are stat block related. As okay, cool. Because so, we are going to dive into yeah, it. Yeah, so many times my questions are stat block related. So Yeah, this is true. So last thing I want to talk about before hitting the stat block is the etymology of the word Empyrean. This word comes from ancient Greece and the concept in uh, ancient... And the concept in ancient cosmologies of the Empyrean heaven, or simply the Empyrean. Okay. Uh, this was the place in the highest heaven, which was supposed to be occupied by the element of fire, or aether in Aristotle's natural philosophy. The Empyrean was thus used as a name in Christian literature for the dwelling place of God, the blessed uh, celestial being so divine that they are made of pure light and the source of light and creation. Notably, at the very end of Dante's Paradiso, um, Dante visited God in the Empyrean. Okay. So. Oh, yeah, he did. That's right. Cool. I've never read it. So well, I, I know the word. I didn't read that one. Okay. <laughs> I've seen it, though. Gotcha. I, you so, re- I had to research it to pass tests. Because I was curious about the name, so I looked it, looked into it. But, um, yeah, let's dive into the stat block. I like that. Let's dive into the stat block. I actually put it in a really inopportune place. So give me a second while I delay and just talk about some whatever bullshit and get it out in front of me. Okay. Empyrean. Huge celestial. And in parentheses, it does say Titan. Yeah. Why? Oh, I don't know. Me neither. Maybe it's a setup. Maybe. Um, <laughs> Been a long setup, though. Mordenkainen's Tome of Big Guys. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Next up. Now we're getting to, uh, Tasha's uh, culture of all the stuff. Yes. Uh, okay, so chaotic good, 75%, or neutral evil, 25%. So this is just detailing out of the 100% of these guys, 75 are good. Yeah. Okay, sure. cool. Uh, armor class, 22 natural armor. Yeah. These things are definitely going to be wearing armor, no? They could. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I don't see but they not. don't need to because no. it's natural. And it, the armor would need Oh, to you don't see it. the picture. I was like, do you see the chest on that guy? And tell me he doesn't have 22 armor. I'm just picturing Atlas. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big you know chest. what? You keep reading stuff. I'm going to show you an Empyrean. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Yeah, armor class 22 natty. Uh, 313 HP, which is nothing to snuff. 
uh, sneeze at, snuff at, sneeze at. Uh, let's see, speed is 50 feet, movement speed, 50 feet flying speed, and 50 feet swimming speed. This is some triathlon shit. It's amazing. Uh, Tell me that those pecs don't have 22 armor class. I've seen these guys, yeah. Oh, man, dude, the shoulders on this beast. I know. Fuck me. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Continue. The DM showed me that. I was like, this is what you're fighting. It's fucking very tall. Okay. Um, it moved 50 feet in a round. It flew 50 <laughs> Damn. This is a scary monster. Okay, so the strength is 30. The dex is 21. The con is 30. Whew. Uh, intelligence is 21, wisdom 22, charisma is 27. Extremely Shoot. powerful. Saving throws, strength plus 17. I think this monster breaks the top five of strong monsters we've ever talked about. Plus 17 strength. Uh, intelligence plus 12, wisdom plus 13, charisma plus 15. So I think top three would probably be angel, red dragon, this guy. Yeah. This, Tarask. That's tracking. Tarask. I, I Storm Giant wasn't even like... No, not even close. Okay, so, uh, well, yeah, Tarask... It goes without saying that Tarask is a fucking animal. Uh, skills, plus 13 to Insight, plus 15 to Persuasion. And then the damage immunities are... <laughs> damage immunities, and there's a lot of them. Bludging, piercing, and slashing from non-magical attacks. That makes total sense, though. Senses, it's got True Sight for 120 feet. Oh, and then Passive Perception is 16. Uh, it knows all languages. That's, Why not? Wow. And the challenge rating is 23 with 50,000 XP. I think that's tied with Ancient Red Dragon. I'm not sure. That's pretty fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, innate spellcasting. The Empyrean's innate spellcasting ability is Charisma. Spell save DC 23 plus 15 to hit with spell attacks. It can innately cast the following spells requiring no material components. And at will, it can cast Greater Restoration, which is very good. Pass Without a Trace, which is very good. Water Breathing, which Usually very good if you if you need it you need it mm. uh, and then water walk which is total total sense for God stuff uh, sure and uh, one per once per day it can uh, commune dispel evil and good earthquake fire oh storm and plane shift and the it can only plane shift itself it says in parentheses okay um, yeah I don't know I've never read earthquake or firestorm but they sound crazy I'm sure they're as crazy as they sound oh we're gonna read them after this episode uh, legendary resistance three per day <clears throat> if the Imperion fails the saving throw it can choose to succeed instead uh, magic resistance. The Imperion has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. Magic weapons. The Imperion's weapon attacks are magical. That just means that it can pick up any weapon and it just does magical damage. Yep. Wow, cool. Uh, the actions. Maul. Melee weapon attack plus 17 to hit. Reaches 10 feet. One target. It should be bigger. Honestly, it should be 15 feet with how fucking big they are. I but know, but... Whatever. Yeah. Uh... The hit is going to be 31 or 66 plus 10 bludgeoning damage. Uh, if the target is a creature, it must succeed on a DC 15 constitution saving throw or be stunned until the end of the Imperian's next turn. That's raging, man. Mm -hmm. Bolt ranges, uh, Bolt is a ranged spell attack with plus 15 to hit. A range of uh, 600 feet. God damn. <laughs> That's some, uh, what was the elemental that we talked about that was doing uh, that shit? From like a mile, like a mile away. A mile away, yeah. Rayquaza. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so um, that hit is going to be one target uh, at 24 damage or 7d6, which is nice. Just do a fucking 600 foot fireball out mm -hmm. there. Uh, yep. Damage of, yeah, yeah, 24 damage uh, of one of the following types. Uh, Imperion's choice. 
You're either gonna you're gonna choose acid, cold, fire, force, lightning, radiant, or thunder. They can invoke all the elements. Okay. Yeah, well, one one of them at a time. But yeah. but yeah, they can they can get them all. Uh, legendary actions. The Empyrean can take three of these, choosing from the options below. One legendary action can be used at one, uh, at a time. Uh, at the end of another creature's turn, <clears throat> the Empyrean regains uh, spent legendary actions at the start of its turn. So it can do an attack. The Empyrean makes one uh, makes one attack. So choose either Maul or Bolt. And then uh, Bolster. The Empyrean bolsters all non-hostile creatures within 120 feet of it until the end of its turn. Bolstered creatures can't be charmed or frightened, and they gain advantage on ability checks and saving throws until the end of the Empyrean's next turn. So just like Paladin and up. Yeah, like, basically. AoE and all their boys. <laughs> uh, trembling. I wonder if you're already afraid. You probably, this bolster probably wouldn't stop you from being... Like if you're already afflicted by fear, your home. Your Does it say makes them immune to fear? No, it says they can't. It stopped. Can't be charmed or frightened. So it's a preventative thing. But. Yeah, I think it would cancel the frightened effect because mm. you you can't be frightened. So thus you cannot be frightened. Does that make sense? Well, I mean you're already yeah. frightened. Yeah, and now well, you I get, can't. I get be. what you're saying. Now you can't be. Uh, trembling strike. It costs two of your legendary actions. The Empyrean strikes the ground with its maul, triggering an earth tremor. All other creatures on the ground within 60 feet of the Empyrean must succeed on a DC 25 strength Damn, saving throw so high. or be knocked prone. So okay. he just fucking punched the ground with the maul. And everyone's knocked And over. everybody, well, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's it. That's what we got for the stat block. That's yeah. absolutely savage. Yeah, it's a monster stat block. Definitely a campaign ender. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's not really any room for him as not a campaign ender unless your party is just so strong. Yeah, like, where are are you going to have, like, like all, all level 20s and decked out, and then maybe you need three of these guys. And then you have, like, a, <laughs> a little NPC army to, like, help fight it or yeah, something exactly, like that. Or this, yeah. Maybe this is your, like, I was running two games. I've always wanted to do this, by the way. I want to run two separate games where the parties meet at the end. I've heard about people doing that. And then and people will role play two other. characters or whatever at yeah, the same time, yeah. or we have that many people, or that, and yeah. they team up to fight the Imperion. It's oh, like for me, I've seen, like... Them, they fight each other. Each other. That's yeah. dope Pitted too. Against each other, That's yeah. like um, Golden Sun Lost Age. They, yeah. you, the first Golden spoilers for Golden Sun. I love that game. I think we've spoiled it so many times at this point. But yeah. the first Golden Sun, you play as a party trying to stop this other party, mm -hmm. and they're like way ahead of you. And mm -hmm. then in the second game, you're the other party, and then that party catches up, and it's mm -hmm. like we're gonna have to fight to the death, dog. Even yeah. though we're childhood friends and shit. And <laughs> right. it's like, hey, no, you've been wrong the whole time. I was like, ah, fuck it. Mm -hmm. Let's team up, and now you get double people to That's play awesome. the game with. That's it really was so cool. good. It really All did right. it well. Let's take a short rest and we'll come back to Ogre Mercenaries. We will. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. 
Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Hey, everybody, be sure to check out Super, Super Quest, Quest Saga. Saga, a future fantasy 5th edition D&D actual play podcast from Brood and Dungeon Mastered by yours truly, me, and Set in Space. And I play in it, along with your special guest, Jake, and friend of the show, Josh Freeland. You can find it on YouTube, iTunes, or anywhere else you can get your podcasts. Super Quest Saga. We've returned. Indeed, we have. Shit, we're back. Indeed, we are. What do we got left? Ogre mercenaries. That's right. So, ogre mercenaries are exactly what they sound like. Ogres <laughs> who have either been coaxed, bullied, or persuaded into using their brute strength for hire, and usually in a more organized manner than they would naturally. Um, okay. Now, this is one of those things that I've praised 4th edition for and given 5e a hard time about. 4e was really good about having a variety of types of a single monster you could throw at a party. Uh, you didn't just have the Manticore. You had all, you also had variants like the Manticore Skyhunter and the Manticore Impaler. Okay, um, yeah. Basically, 4e offered versions of things with alternative abilities and varying levels of difficulty, which made encounter building fun and easy at whatever level you pleased. 5e has a different approach on a lot of monsters, only offering a single version of a creature. And it isn't difficult to tweak a monster or anything, but having variants is always nice. That being said, here are some ogre variants for Mordenkind and some of those that are fucking awesome. Yeah, I did notice that they, they have variants of like the more common monsters. More humanoid monsters, I've noticed. Goblins, uh, kobolds, and ogres, and orcs, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. I think orcs, yeah. yeah. Orcs, too. 
Yeah, yeah what all we, the humanoid ones, yeah. What do you want me to do first for this? Um, so I'm going to go through this in the order that I have the notes, and then we'll just do each one. So. Oh, okay, cool. There's more notes. Got it. Ogres are infamously dim-witted, but with enough time and patience, some of them can be trained to carry out specialized missions in battle. Mm-hmm. The names they are given, uh, the Battering Ram, the Bolt Launcher, the Chain Brute, and the Howda, reflect their particular functions. These jobs are simple, but they're tailored to take advantage of an ogre's strength. We're going to start with Ogre Battering Ram. Okay. An Ogre Battering Ram carries an enormous club used primarily for bashing doors into kindling, but which also works well for smashing foes. These Ogres are drilled in two simple tasks, rushing forward to shatter enemy fortifications and using their weapons to force an advancing enemy to halt. There you go. So let's read the stat block for the Ogre Battering Ram. Got it right here. My dude, Ogre Battering Ram, large giant, chaotic evil. Uh, Armor class is 14. They're wearing ring mail. Mm. Uh, which is like the lowest heavy armor, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Something like that. It's like rings woven together on the leather. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, languages are common and giant, and the challenge rating is four. Uh, right in that, that window there. Uh, siege monster. The ogre deals double damage to objects and structures, obviously. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, so actions are the bash. Melee weapon attack plus six to hit. Uh, reaches five feet. One target. Uh, the hit is going to be 15 or 2d10 plus 4 bludgeoning damage, and the ogre can push the target 5 feet away if the target is huge or smaller. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, this is nice. Okay, so uh, block the path. Until the start of the ogre's next turn, attack rolls against the ogre have disadvantage. It has advantage on attack rolls if it... Uh, it has advantage on attack rolls it makes for an opportunity attack, and that attack deals an extra 16 or 3d10 bludgeoning damage on a hit. Yeah. Also, each enemy that tries to move out of the ogre's reach without teleporting must succeed on a DC 14 strength saving throw or have its speed reduced to zero until the start of the ogre's next turn. So this guy locks people down. Knock the wind out of you yeah. or whatever. Yeah, Ooh. that's pretty cool. Wow, okay. Um, but that's it for that one. Oh, nice. Oh, wait. Did I read the strength? Uh, it's got... Uh, I don't. I think I skipped the. <laughs> did I skip all this stuff? <laughs> so I, uh, or, uh, the arm class was fourteen. The HP yeah, was 50, fifty nine. Speed forty feet. Did I you I, said that. Yeah, I did. I did say all that. Did I detail the strength decks and stuff? I don't remember. I don't anymore. remember you doing the abilities. No, it's got nineteen strength, eight decks, so that's a minus one there. Uh, Sixteen con, <laughs> uh, five intelligence. This is an ogre. Uh, seven wisdom and seven charisma. Okay. Uh, has 60 feet of dark vision. Uh, of passive perception is eight. It's mm-hmm. yeah, and I read it speaks common and giant. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's the battering ram. Sounds pretty useful again for locking things down mm-hmm. and bashing things in. So next, we're going to talk about the ogre bolt launcher. A oh, bolt launcher carries a gigantic crossbow, a weapon so large it's essentially an ogre-held ballista. Whoa. An ogre bolt launcher can load this immense weapon and loose its deadly missile as quickly as a dwarf handles a crossbow. The bolts are so large that few ogres can carry more than half a dozen at a time, but bolt launchers have been known to uproot small trees or tear beams out of buildings and launch those um, when their ammunition <laughs> runs low. So they'll launch the beams. Yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine taking like sitting in a tavern and just it gets attacked by one of these guys? Like some yeah. some orc bats down the door. Yeah. Another one shoots this bolt through the window. That'd it takes out the support beam. Fucking horrifying. It yeah. accidentally kills the battering ram orc when the building collapses. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. No, he just damages the debris falling on it. He's like, yeah. no, I do double damage to all this. Shit. Right. Exactly. <laughs> So let's look at the bolt launcher stat block. Yeah, let's do it. We're, we're talking about essentially a ranged ogre. <laughs> <laughs> ranged ogre. Uh, ogre bolt launcher. Large giant chaotic evil armor class 13 hide armor. 
Uh, HP is 59, uh, same as the last one. Uh, speed is 40 feet. Um, so pretty much, these are all going to be statted the same. It looks like this is. Um, yeah, because they're the same creature with different yeah, abilities. Yeah. So this yeah. one, this like they're specializing though. So the deck, yeah. the only thing different is instead of the mi- the minus one decks for the battering ram, this is mm-hmm. going to have a actually plus one decks, so twelve decks. Oh, okay, because they've, they've trained in the dexterous starts of ranged weaponry. Yeah, and they're wearing a lighter armor so they can move a little okay. better. So okay. uh, this Good is what point. it seems like. Yeah. Uh, but everything else is the same. So the nineteen strength, sixteen con, five intelligence, seven wisdom, seven charisma. Um, the dark vision of sixty feet with a passive perception of eight. Common and giant challenge rating two. Uh, this is one's a challenge rating two. The other one was a challenge rating four. Uh, actions, uh, fist, so melee weapon attack <laughs> plus six. They should really find a better name for that. Yeah, punch uh, maybe. Maybe punch. <laughs> um, end of arm strike. <laughs> end of arm. End strike. of arm thrust. Yeah. No, I don't know about that one either. Uh, okay, so plus six to hit. Reach of five feet. One target. It's going to do nine or two d four plus four bludge. So not great. Not great. Bad name. <laughs> uh, sure. Bo- Bolt launcher. Here's the money shot. Oop. Uh, ranged weapon attack plus three to hit with a range of 120 or four slash 480 feet. Okay, long uh, distance. Yeah, one target. Uh, it's the hit is going to do 17 damage or 3d 10 plus one pierce. Very potent for challenge rating two. That's very strong. That's pretty good. Yeah, you definitely long range. You got to yeah. make sure you zigzag when you run away from this guy. Mm-hmm. True um, that. Is yep. the end of that one? Yep. All right. Next, let's talk about the ogre chain brute. An ogre chamber wields a great spike chain. It swings this chain with both hands in a wide circle around itself to knock foes off their feet. Alternatively, it can swing the chain in a crushing overhead smash that's nearly impossible to block or deflect. Elaborate with that stat block. You got it. Um, <laughs> so this is the ogre chamber, large giant chaotic evil with an armor class of 11, uh, hide armor. That's 59 HP again, uh, speed of 40 feet again. Uh, strength, 19. The dex is back down to an 8. Uh, con 16, intelligence 5, wisdom 7, charisma mm-hmm. 7. So pretty much identical to the ogre battering ram. Uh, the dark vision is going to be 60 feet, common giant, challenge rating. same stuff, yeah. Challenge rating 3. Actions, fist. <laughs> cool. Yep. Uh, same I'm not, damage? I'm not gonna, yes, it's exactly the same. I'm not going to read that again. <laughs> okay. Uh, next one is chain sweep. So there we go. Here's something new. The ogre swings its chain. Nice. And every creature within 10 feet of it must make a DC 14 dexterity saving throw. On a failed saving throw, a creature takes 8, or 1d8 plus 4, bludgeoning damage, and it is knocked prone. On a successful save, the creature takes half as much damage and is not knocked prone. Okay. Nice. So, like, basically a spell save. That's a nice AoE. So, yeah, chain sweep. So, out in front, I imagine. 10 or feet like all around attack. them? Yeah. And they're, they're large, right? Are every, they... every creature within 10 feet of it. And are they large or huge? I think they're they large. They are. Large, large. So that's um, that's like a forty foot diameter, like a forty foot area. Right, because yeah. of the space they take yeah, up. Exactly. So everything around it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's nice. Not, that's it's not. Uh, yeah, I'm into it. Don't fuck with this thing. Um, chain smash. So this this first one's a sweep. You know, going mm-hmm. all around it, just doing a spinny. This one's probably bringing it down overhead. Yeah. It's on a recharge of, you got to roll a d6 and land a six. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, melee weapon attack is going to be plus six to hit with a reach of 10 feet mm-hmm. for one target. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be 13 or 2d8 plus four bludgeoning damage. And the target must succeed on a dc14 con save or be knocked unconscious for oh, one minute. That's why it's got such a high recharge. Yeah. That thing's scary. The uncon- I can't wait to throw that at some players. The unconscious target repeats the saving throw if it takes damage uh, and at the end of each of its turns. Oh, okay. So ending the it's effect like a, It's almost like a temporary stun, in a way. 
Yeah, yeah. That's still awesome. I really like that. I mean, a lot of thing, bad things could happen to you if you're unconscious. This so, is true. You know, this is true. I don't, I don't know if you can, like... Is there a quick spell you can do to, like, up an unconscious person real quick? Or, like... Because, like, just healing them won't well, bring them back. In this case, it won't bring them back. Yeah. Um, I think there is. I think, uh... God, what's the name of the spell? It's a pretty low-level spell that, like, um... It like takes off poison and all like that end an effect. It ends an effect. I can't remember. Was it a restoration spell of some kind? It might or something be. Like that? I can't remember. I don't know. Let us know in the comments. But I'm sure there's there is one. Um, is that it for the chain brute? That was it for the chain brute. All right. Let's get into the last one. The ogre howda. Howda. So the most unusual of the specialized ogres, the howda carries a palisaded wooden fort on its back. What? Fort- <laughs> <laughs> the fort is. I should show you. A it's picture. like the elephants in Lord of the Rings yes, or whatever. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, which wow, that's, what, ha- about that's what a howda a is. Time. It's an elephant with uh, that with trained for military with people on its back. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, where was I? Uh, the fort is big enough to serve as a fighting platform for up to four small humanoids. Um, ogre howdas are most often seen bearing goblins equipped with bows and spears into battle, but they could just as easily transport kobolds, deep gnomes, or other humanoids of similar size. Okay, so not like hobgoblins are probably too big to be. Yeah, up there. but goblins. And as a matter of fact, well, I'll, maybe like two. I'll pull up the image, but. Um, the goblins, uh, the the image of one has goblins writing it. So let me. Oh, cool. Look this why up. would uh, uh, why would ogres and goblins be in league? Um, for a multitude of reasons. Like, um, it could just be that the goblins of this particular tribe ha- have, or maybe even hobgoblins are part of this, have gained enough strength and power to have bullied or raised an ogre to do serve them. Nice. There's okay. That. But there's also just the classic like Lord of the Rings esque where like the horde or even World of Warcraft like the horde is the ogres, the orcs, the goblins, the trolls work together as they are the enemy kind of deal. Yeah. Be under the PBG to yeah to, exactly. Okay, I get you. Um, but yeah, here's a picture of a howda with goblins upon its back. Howda! Shooting. Oh shit! Yeah. That is. Horrifying. Yeah, it's really scary. That is absolutely terrifying. Yeah, let's read that stat block though. There's a lot of fire in that picture. <laughs> there was, yeah, uh, <laughs> unexpectedly so. We have the ogre howda, large giant, chaotic evil, armor class thirteen, breastplate. Uh, let's see, HP fifty nine, speed is forty feet, uh, with a strength of nineteen, dex eight, con sixteen, intelligence five, wisdom seven, charisma seven. Uh, it's gonna have sixty feet of dark vision with a passive perception of eight. It's going to speak common and giant, challenge rating two on this one. So the howda is the next thing to read. The ogre carries a compact fort on its back. Up to four small creatures can ride in the fort without squeezing. Ooh. Uh, To make a melee attack against a target within five feet of the ogre, they must use spears or weapons with reach. Oh, I see. To get up there. Yeah. So uh, creatures in the fort have three quarters cover against attacks and effects from outside it. I think that gives them like a plus five or something on there, you see? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, like that. If the ogre dies, uh, creatures in the fort are placed in unoccupied spaces within five feet of the ogre. So the ogre dies, they fall off, yeah. essentially. So he's like their shield, Yeah. like for the real enemy, which is them. Right. I'm sure he, he is an enemy that is strong too, but. Yeah, because he can use mace, this is the only action, um, melee weapon attack plus six to hit with a reach of five feet, one target, it's going to do 11 or 2d6 plus 4 bludgeoning damage. So you you can't ignore it necessarily. No, you can't. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you kind of have to take care of it before you can take care of the things on its back. Yeah, what are you doing? Like like a polearm guy is going to be able to get up into the... Or like a bow and it, or like an arcane archer might be able to pick off the... Yeah, but they have three top. quarters coverage. Though. Yeah, that's what gonna, I mean. It's still going like to be a tough shot. To, you have to take care of him first. I, that's, yeah. That is wise to do so. Yeah, that's how he's designed. Knock him um, prone. Because if you knock him prone, I would have those creatures at least make like... 
they're, they're gonna be safe out of there. Not to get like thrown fall out, out of the like house. That. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But uh, I mean, it doesn't say that on here. I would just imagine yeah. like Same. you know logic. Yeah, pertain- I would. I would, pertain- I would homebrew that in. Yeah. Um. So, any questions about ogre mercenaries? These are cool. Definitely cool. Like, so that's why they're called like ogre mercenaries. Like, these guys are for hire. Yeah, these so are specialized. Maybe well, why. they maybe they were for hire, or maybe they were. Um, bullied or provoked or coerced or whatever. They're for assigning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for assignments. Yeah. They're they're working for someone else. They're right, not right. just a monster in the woods. Exactly. Um, yeah. These are war monsters. Yes, essentially, they're set up to um, specialize and do like a lot of these teaming up together. Like this makes very a cool, scary. This is yeah. a cool military unit, especially yeah. when you're incorporating yeah. things like goblins to run around as mobs. Right. Exactly. So yeah, this is, it's wild. I'm I'm imagining these uh this ch- this chain one mm-hmm. the chain brew is gonna be like not giving a shit about who's in the way yeah so i think that's their thing blowing yeah. up their own people i can see that for sure yeah it's like uh absolutely re- uh spoilers for revival of f uh dragon ball oh uh, yeah yeah, like yeah. frieza like killing his own dudes yeah, just to make a, a show of it yeah like oh, yeah. i'm gonna blow up all these dudes well i think it's time for a long rest let's uh rest and do it so longly <laughs> right hey everybody welcome to the long rest portion of the show where we get ready to go to sleep uh before I get to sleep, I brush my teeth and floss most of the time and uh, put my slippies on. Mm-hmm. This week, well, yeah. my slippies are, they have little howdahs on them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> little goblins. Oh, my gosh. Sounds uh, like a nuisance. <laughs> yeah. That sounds well, terrible. Well, no. I mean, like, if they were real, you know, like. Oh, this, uh, okay. It's a, a nice little, um, like, a ogre kind of, like, flesh look to the foot part with the howdah on top. <laughs> okay, yeah, Maybe sure. it's the ogre face at the end. You okay, know, I can see the, that, with yeah. The te- like, alligator style yeah, almost. But sure. So it's an ogre face, uh-huh. and then there's a howdah so on the back of it. So are your toes coming out of its mouth? Yeah. No. Yeah, that okay. looks pretty cool. Like, okay. it ate somebody. Sure, cool, why yeah. not? And there's, like, teeth. Yeah. And then the little howdah's got, like, four little stuffed gobbies on it with, like, bow and arrow or whatever. That's very, okay. It went from horribly terrifying to actually kind of adorable. A little cute. Like yeah. There's like a lot, unexpectedly, yeah. there's a lot of fire on these slippies. <laughs> Uh, and um, this slippy's got is just a battering. My left, that's my right slippy. My left slippy's uh-huh. just a fucking battering ram. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. Sounds yeah. heavy and uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> just a fucking block of wood with a metal like <laughs> flat piece on the end. Anyway. Right. Yeah. So contest, contest over. Over. Someone won. We probably already announced it at this point. Did we? Yeah, this Shit. one's, this one's airing did. the 20th, so we already announced, we announced whoever it. won. We don't know that now because it's only like the 7th right now as we're recording this. Mm-hmm. But well, um, the 6th. as soon as we do know and we are recording, we will also announce the winner live Yeah, you'll get your you'll get your Dungecast. announcement up in yeah. here. But um, until then, um, we got another contest going. Back-to-back contest. Get ready, dude. So now we're going to stop. Yeah, so you... I mean, I'll probably stop one day, but gotta, not right now. You got a deep breath... Uh, you got like five days to chill. Yeah. And now it's time to fucking tell the world about the Dungeon Cast again. Please. <laughs> please, we'll give you some stuff. And as we roll into our Halloween Spooktacular Spook Fest. Nice Dungeons and Dragons reference, Will. Uh, what? Oh, you said the word roll. It's synonymous oh, with the game yes, we, we did, talk about I all did. the time. But as we roll into the month of scary things, we're going to give away a scary prize. Brian, why don't you tell our audience what we're giving away we're on giving Halloween away, night? We're giving away spooky time stuff. We and uh, as a lot of you probably know, uh, they're redoing the Curse of Strahd. Yes. They're getting rid of like some suspects. really redoing it. They're revamping it. As yeah, a matter of fact, like it's at this item. Upgrading it. They're, uh, yeah, I, I think this is definitely, definitely a big upgrade. Uh, Curse of Strahd, uh, semicolon, revamped premium edition. 
the D&D box set. We are going, they basically made like a coffin shaped. I was going to say, isn't it like the shape like a, like yeah, a coffin? Yeah, yeah. yeah shaped that's like really a coffin cool. and it's got a bunch of cool stuff in it. From what I'm seeing, it's got like a DMs, it's got the Curse of Strahd adventure module, the revamped version. Uh-huh. And uh, it's got a DM screen with like images of Barovia on it. That you get the Taraka deck. Taraka. Nice. Um, yeah. And it looks like you get a few other things. Like there might be like maps in here or like maybe like a postcard or something like that is what I'm seeing on here. Oh, okay. I, d- I don't know the details of like exactly what's in here. I know the Taraka deck, the module, and it looks like some other paperwork is coming along with it. We'll get those details for you. Um, but the basically it's the Curse of Strahd revamped premium edition. We're gonna mm. give away two of them. We're giving away two of these bad boys. Got on like five, Halloween six night. weeks. Yeah, we're yeah. on Halloween. We're going to announce the winner. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be part of our Halloween spooktacular that we do every year, and maybe mm-hmm. not next year. No, we no, are probably do it next year, year but, but it'll might, probably might be, be something different next year because um, we're on a little monsters. But anyways, <laughs> uh, we're giving away two of these bad boys, and all you gotta do to enter on Twitter is share a link to one of the episodes of one of our shows. Doesn't matter which show. Doesn't even matter what saga. platform. Even Saga. Even Dungeons Dragons. Explain in five minutes. Um, just leave the hashtag DungeonCast and you'll be entered. If you want to go ahead and share our show on a different social media platform, just send us proof with a screenshot and that'll enter you as well. And if you want to do it on Instagram, talk to Brian. Yeah, I'm Brian. Hey, everybody. You can find me uh, at the DungeonCast on Instagram. And I'm pretty much going to do, if you entered our last contest and followed those rules properly, I'm going to do the same thing for this contest. I'm going to make a post about uh, the Curse of Strahd revamped premium edition uh, giveaway. Basically, you're going to tag a a friend in the comments below. Uh, You can tag one friend per comment to get you an entry. So enter as many times as you want for tagging friends. Um, So go ahead ahead and do that. You have to also make sure that you are following the account and that you have liked the photo. That's the the stipulation there. But that's pretty much it. Really simple. So uh, no excuses. Get in there. Get yourself a gram. What are you doing? Uh, follow <laughs> if, us. If you want to help support us here at the Dungeon Cast, there's a number of things you can do. You can leave a review on iTunes. That helps us out a lot. Oh, yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. You can check out our merch store at teespring.com. I believe it's teespring.com backslash stores backslash the hyphen Dungeon Cast. But guess what? <laughs> description or the link is in the description. So go check that out. Get yourself a What the Grump shirt. Get yourself a Super Quest Saga shirt. Get yourself a Year of the Giant shirt or a Dungeon Cast mug. There's a number of things at the store. But Yeah. And keep checking back because uh, I know we'll tell you about it when we put it up but eventually we're going to put up new stuff and yeah it's on the way we got and stuff in the pipeline every purchase helps us out uh you can also uh, check out our patreon which brian can tell you a little bit more about yeah it's patreon.com slash dungeon cast you can do a lot of things there if you're itching for more dungeon cast content uh that's where you go to find it we have um one shot adventures we have there's a whole show in there there's like two seasons of a show in there <laughs> um like halloween special ranger danger the ever popular ranger danger yeah um all of our hey, this is a good one. It's all a party of our, full of rangers. All of our yeah, Ranger Danger that has a kick-ass theme song. Yeah. Uh, speaking of music, you can get all of the Dungeon Cast product OST. Anything, any music, any sounds we make, uh, we throw it into uh, a Google Drive that we ha- we let you access on the Patreon at a certain level. So just go read like which level works best for you. Support us at. Um, Supporting us at a monthly rate is so, it's very, very meaningful to us. Like, yes. So thank thank you to everybody. Um, usually we start our recordings with Patreon shout outs. We're going to start ending our, so the next episode you're going to get your Patreon shout out if you came in. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So don't don't worry about that. Um, but yeah, go check us out on Patreon. You can get early episodes of this show. You can get um, all the OST for Super Quest Saga. It's there. Um I think we're going to start putting that in the Super Qu- Super Quest Saga has a wiki now. It does. And a I think really good wiki. Veloxity is working with me to get which 
song titles go with which episode because I have. Uh, okay. I, I'm going to toot my horn a little bit. I I spent some time um, renaming some of the songs oh, okay. to have like really catchy names. Oh no, that's cool. That's I, cool. I, Good idea. I, I went down a nostalgia dive and uh, did some uh, like Fallout Boy and Panic at the Disco. Oh gosh. Came back up. So it's oh, like boy. that had some influence over what I'm titling some songs. Okay. For sure. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. So if you guys want to go check that type of stuff out, you can. Uh, Patreon. Um, so thanks. You can also get exclusive merch there. Um, and and that's, a, that's a big one. But the biggest thing you can do is just to tell somebody about the Dungeon Cast and yep. get them to listen to the show. Yeah. So we really appreciate you guys um, sticking with us till the end here where we get sleepy. And I'm really sleepy now and I think I might go to bed I think it's time we call it a game let's call it a game talk to you guys later bye the dungeon cast greetings adventurers today we're excited to introduce you to a new story dark dice a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.